You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron. My job here is to help you create a better practice and a better life through this podcast by interviewing some of my favorite people in all of dentistry. And today we're going to do just that. Good friend of mine, Dr. Colin Richmond, had an amazing career in dentistry and he almost died at the end. And today he shares, if only I knew then what I know now with all of you. So you have to listen to this. So listen up. Hope you enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam around here. My job is to bring you some of the greatest minds in all of dentistry who are friends of mine to share some great wisdom to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today I bring Dr. Colin Richman onto our podcast. He joined us in COVID. He's also been an incredible speaker and leader in the Seattle Study Club for a very long time. And today we're going to be talking about if only I knew then what I know now. And it's going to be about preparedness in the face of medical of a medical crisis. So, Colin, thanks for being on, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, Kirk. It's a joy to see you. And I appreciate the years of our collaboration. And uh, this is going to be fun. It will be fun. It will be fun. Now, I've watched you as an educator, as a leader, as a thinker, as just a great mentor in this community. Uh of this great profession, and you retired three and a half years ago. I want people to kind of get a, an idea who you are, because I have a lot of young listeners. I got a lot of dental students that are listening. So just give us a little background. Who is Dr. Colin Richmond? Who are you? Where'd you come from? Well, at this stage, I'm a senior citizen. I uh, finished dentistry in South Africa. I did my specialty training in Connecticut with some of the greatest individuals in the field of periodontics at the time, a very exciting time in periodontics. Uh, we moved from Connecticut to Atlanta. I was involved in education at Emory University until they closed, went into periodontal practice, and I've always been affiliated on a part-time basis with the periodontics department at uh, what was known as the Medical College of Georgia. Today, it's known as Augusta University. I've enjoyed private practice. 
I've enjoyed working and mentoring and collaborating with residents. I've enjoyed uh, part-time clinical research, particularly in the field of orthoperio and that interface. And uh, I've enjoyed my relationship with all my numerous mentors, motivators, and individuals like Kirk Berend over all these many years. So uh, we'll get into the detail in a moment. I was forced into sudden retirement three and a half years ago. Uh, I was not ready to retire. Uh, I was looking to slow down a little bit, but one day I was retired. We'll talk about that. And uh, in the last uh, two, three months have been very joyful in that I have returned on a very part-time basis to practice. One of our former residents invited me to join her in her practice in Atlanta, and I'm back a half day a week in addition to working closely with our residents um, in their education, monitoring and collaborating on some research projects. So uh, I am semi-retired now and enjoying the opportunities that periodontics and dentistry in general have to offer us. Yeah. In a nutshell, that's 40 years of background. Yeah. And maybe we could tell the story. We're going to start with, you know, uh, a turn of events and maybe start there and then work backwards because you do this lecture and you help a lot of other dentists understand, like, there's a couple things you got to be aware of before you go into dentistry. And I've watched you, you know, firsthand, like you're, you're a gamer at these, at these events. Like you're all in, you're there early, you're there late. Like you were all in on education and helping the entire community of people that you were working with get better. And then take us through the turn of events that happened that shortened your career. Okay. So I've always tried to exercise. My wife's a trainer. We look after ourselves. We're in good shape. And one day I was riding my bicycle with a group of friends, which we did every week for many years before that, every weekend. And uh, on that particular Saturday morning, midsummer, mid-August in Atlanta, um, I commented to the colleagues, I'm feeling a little tired. Go on and I'll catch up with you. I'm going to take a rest. I got off my bike. It was not an accident. I got off my bike. I, I'm then told I don't remember anything until 30 days later. I sat down on the side. I had a cardiac arrest. And um, I cannot stress this strongly enough, Kirk, CPR saved my life. A good Samaritan, the, amongst the group were a few physicians, and they were thinking, what should we do here? And a good Samaritan, who, I'm under, who I understand, he's never met me, I've, he's never wanted to meet face to face, but he was jogging by with his girlfriend, he hit me very hard with CPR. Uh, good CPR often requires breaking ribs, so he broke all the ribs on my left side. And um, they took me off to the local hospital uh, where the pulmonologist on call in the, in the emergency room uh, looked at me, said, I think we can save him. 
you might have to get, excuse me, Kirk. I do get a little bit tearful on this part of it. And they airlifted me to the major hospital here where they put me onto a technology known as ECMO. You may have heard of ECMO during COVID, which is a heart-lung machine. And I woke up 30 days later um, and my life had changed. Wow. So they saved me. They repaired the ribs. I had phenomenal doctors looking after me. Cannot speak highly enough of them in their tertiary care uh, ECMO unit. And many lessons were learned. I was ready to return to practice uh, on a very part-time basis. My sons who are attorneys involved in finance uh, sold my practice for me. Uh, I had nothing to do with it. They sold the practice to one of our previous residents uh, who had contacted them. And uh, I was ready to return when, lo and behold, COVID came. And soon after COVID came, I had another less dramatic heart involvement mm. episode. And at that stage, I said, I'd kept saying to my docs, like all dentists, they diagnosed me with high blood pressure six years ago. We'll try this, we'll try that, and we'll try the other. And I kept saying on and off to all the docs, why have I, am I having heart problems? You know, I'm in good shape. I exercise, we eat well, I'm not overweight. I was a few pounds, but nothing serious. My physicals every year were uneventful. And they said, we don't know. And not to be obnoxious, but to me, an unknown etiology is not a diagnosis. And so, again, I encourage everyone listening to this, you've got to be advocate for yourself. I took myself off on my own initiative to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and they did a battery of tests for a week, and almost like a detective story, by eliminating one feature over another feature, uh, calling in one test over another test, they made a diagnosis of an autoimmune condition of heart muscle and treated me appropriately, and everything has been phenomenal ever since. So the lesson to be learned from that is an unknown diagnosis is not a is not an unknown etiology is not a diagnosis. Yeah, and you've got to delve deeper. We as dentists think that way. With all due respect to the amazing medical profession, many of them don't. Yeah, and can a I second ask... opinion and a third opinion is a blessing. Yeah, yeah. can I only ask you a few questions? How old were you when this happened? I was seventy-four. You were seventy-four. 74. Okay, you no, mentioned sorry, 73, 73. 73 when it happened. When it happened, yes. Okay, you mentioned you were with some physicians on the ride. They hesitated. A jogger didn't. Why? Rhetorical question, there's no answer. Uh, you know, physicians are up to date on CPR, but this was a retired Marine who apparently taught CPR. He did exactly the assessments. He realized there's a problem and he got to work. Yeah. <clears throat> I've Dr. been in email contact with him. 
because as a Marine, he's entitled to a Good Samaritan Award. There's yeah. such a thing in the Marine Corps, and I want to nominate him for that award, and he's modest, you know, let bygones be bygones. Right. I want so you to we talk... Don't know why. We don't know why the physicians uh, looked and didn't climb in straight away. Right. So we all do this training. We often don't realize how important it is. And Dr. Lewis Melmacher, who's been on here a couple of times, he's actually resuscitated. He's actually performed successfully, not by his choice. I think four times people have had heart attacks in his lectures. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm like, Lewis, you, you, you should change your content. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, he what he said, he's a good friend of mine. He says, what you don't understand is it's it's actually a very violent procedure. So when you talk about like. It, can you just speak about that? You didn't wake up for 30 days. So I how? Was in a medically induced coma also. But I was on this machine. Uh, CPR is a very violent process. Uh, under different circumstances, I can show you my chest x-ray where all the ribs have been put together with connectors. For dentists, it looks like a big orthognathic surgery with all those little metal connectors holding the pieces, the whole left side is like that. Phenomenal surgeons uh, I was blessed to have. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very violent procedure done properly. And I always remember in our CPR training, the, uh, the trainer saying, be prepared to break ribs. It's better having uh, a damaged uh, rib cage than a good looking corpse. Right. And that was exactly what happened. I, in fact, this foot help me out, Kurt. This football player who arrested on the football field uh, recently. Uh, yes, from the Buffalo Bills. I was in a much worse condition than he was wow. because he had everyone there from three different sources, and uh, I too would love to become a spokesman, and I'm working on that for CPR. Yeah. Can I ask you, fam so you had this heart muscle condition, family history? Nothing. Nothing. Well, we've got a family history of heart disease. Okay. And so one of the things at Mayo, uh, I requested genetic testing for my sons, for my grandchildren, uh, for my nephews, my brother. And on the genetic testing that they did, the nothing manifested. Okay. But yes, there is a family history uh, of heart disease. My late father passed away at 76 from heart disease. My brother's had heart surgery, who's younger than me. Also a dentist, by the way, in another country. Yeah. Uh, so there is a family history. Yeah, so that was the big event that changed the direction of you practicing. But take us from that event back. So I'm a young dentist listening. Let me just play that role. Colin, oh, what do you what do you want to tell me? Audience. What do you want to tell me? I would tell you as a young dentist, take this podcast seriously. Why? Don't let it just go in one ear and out the others. Take this seriously. I tell my residents, I tell my kids, I tell anyone who listen to me, your career is a forty year project. It's not how much am I going to make next year, and which potential employees, employee is going to pay me a $10,000 sign-on bonus or uh, $2,000 a month more. This is a 40-year project. 
And in hindsight, it's not a dress rehearsal. So as, as this young graduate about to enter this noble profession, uh, Dr. Kirk, I tell you as follows. Balance your life. Look at Panky's The Cross of Life on the four pillars of what he talks about, profession, uh, love, uh, faith, and you. Right. And just get everything in balance. Doesn't matter how much money you're going to earn next year or the year after, very, very, very few dentists ever go bankrupt. You are going to be successful no matter what you do. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ethics of an ethical uh, career and be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared for the serious things and let some of the glamour and the glory and the cars and the big houses be an aspiration for one day. But get everything into perspective. So what is important is run a decent practice. You don't have to have the biggest practice in town. You don't have to have the most number of zeros behind your uh, name on the bank statement. You're not going to go hungry. You save a decent amount. All this is in a program that is available uh, looking at your practice, your life, your family, your finances. I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not offering any financial or legal advice. This is just COVID came along. I had another heart incident. I went to the Mayo Clinic. I was watching like we were all watching podcast after podcast. And on one of those mornings, a, a nice rainy gray morning in Atlanta, I said, you know, something good can come out of this. And if I get one or five or 5,000 people to just hear the story and stop and smell the roses, there's a wonderful quote that is unfortunate. It takes a crisis to stop and smell the roses, which mm -hmm. is what happened to me. I like to believe I was successful. I had a fabulous practice. I was lecturing all over the country. I was teaching. I was working with the residents. I was on the school board. I was at every one of our kids' games. But there was very little time for Colin, and there was a little time, a little more time for Colin as a husband. Yeah. Now go back and to that. Go that here. Balance. Get that into balance okay. and stop and smell the roses as you think about it. Okay. So you're using an interesting word. I love the word balance. But there's been many debates. What the heck does that mean? You know, balance on the cross doesn't mean equal time. You know, that, what does balance mean to you? And what would you say balance means to somebody listening that probably has 30 years of dentistry in front of them? What, is, what does that really mean, Colin, balance? Balance means that running your practice and recruiting as many patients as you can as your primary objective in life is not what we were put on this planet for. Right. Okay. Again, very, uh, you know better than I know, but very few reasonably ethical 
reasonably, I'm not talking of the best of the best, reasonably technical individuals do not uh, do not uh, land in trouble. They all make a decent living. Some have got an extra one or two zeros. I did very well. I had a lot of balance. We saved in our 401k from day one. So that's 40 years of saving. We had an IRA from day one. We did all of those things because I came from an immigrant family who fled the Holocaust with their lives, and that is where we grew up in South Africa. So we were taught you save a decent amount of money as a priority, and we did. And we had intelligent investments, not speculative investments, balanced investments, non-high risk investments. And, you know, the magic of compound interest over 40 years, thank goodness, when the crisis came, money was not a problem. Right. You know, I could walk away and do whatever you wanted to do, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm having fun uh, with dentistry as my hobby, and I earn a few pennies, and that's fun. But uh, we could do that. So balance is, remember you've got a family. Remember to be involved and not, you know, get off that cell phone and have a dinner with your family. I mean, this is, Kirk, in reality, this is trite to some people. But it's why we're on this planet. We're not on this planet to see how many patients we can recruit. Because then the problem, of course, is what are you going to do with all these patients? You know, I love these ads, 100 new patients a month. Mm. What are you going to do with those 100 patients a month? Are you going to examine them? Are you going to do any treatment? Are you going to full drill and build? So that is part of balance. You are the driving force of the empire. You are responsible for those working under you, although that's changing in the corporate world. You are responsible for the well-being of your staff, the well-being of your family, the well-being of everything around you, and the well-being of the thousands of patients you are blessed to treat. Yeah. You are the course. I look after yourself. Absolutely. Look after yourself. There is, I don't get paid by anyone, Kirk. I, I want to stress that. There is a concept in hindsight of the executive physical at the Mayo Clinic. This is a service that the Mayo Clinic will provide to executives of corporations. And you go for three or four days, and they go from head to toe and left finger to right finger. And especially if there's a an illness, an unknown etiology, something you're on medications for because they don't know why, and they delve into everything for you, and that's what these corporations are paying for the investments they make in these very, very, very high-paid um, CEOs. Right. Like everybody, you're a CEO, you're a high-tech, you're a high-tech person. But you are everything. You're the attorney. You're the accountant. You're the janitor. You're the technician. You're the PR person. Yeah. Go and look after yourself. I totally agree. And so these executive health programs, if you're listening, you should just do them. 
don't even think about them. So the Cooper Clinic many years ago really kind of piloted a lot of this. My wife and I actually went there uh, oh. and for for a full day. It, you know, the, the, the true cost of them doesn't outweigh the, I mean, it doesn't even come close to the benefits is what I'm trying to say. So the, back then, I think it was $4,000 for a day for each person. And they, it's so thorough. They find something at the Cooper, at, uh, at Mayo, same thing at several days. And the point is this, is it's proactive medicine uh, and protecting the investment of your health long-term. A lot of cities have them now too. So I live here in Milwaukee, they have several of them. It's always good to go to one like Mayo and then have regular maintenance if you want locally. Now it's $2,000 if you do it at the program here in Milwaukee and a lot of executives I know do it. And they're like, wow, I learned about things in my heart, in my lungs. I, the last time I went, I learned about some issues in my lungs I had no idea about. They're so incredibly thorough, they're going to find something. But the point is this, it's nothing is a surprise, or at least most of it you hope is a surprise, right? So at the Mayo Clinic, believe it or not, it, I was stunned how little it is. Uh, the, it's your insurance plan plus a uh, a, a registration fee. In fact, Kirk, I, 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 so you and I had this conversation many decades ago when you lectured to us at the Seattle, when you taught us, you didn't lecture, you don't lecture, <laughs> when you taught us at the Seattle Study Club in a, one of the first times I saw you there, and we had this conversation. Uh, we linked that to your jogging and your marathons and all that sort of stuff. You probably, yeah. you know, you, you've had many, many thousands of conversations. But I remember that. But at the Mayo, uh, and many places have that. I'm just an ardent fan of the Mayo because I actually got very lucky that the director, the cardiologist I was assigned to, happens to be the director of the sarcoid clinic and the research center. So uh, I then subscribe now to various heart newsletters from the Mayo, from the Cleveland, from uh, Harvard, and things like that. So, yes, be proactive. Take your spouse. I think I mentioned uh, that I was going to mention for our kids, my two grown sons and their wives, this is their birthday present for the year, an executive physical at the Mayo Clinic. Very cool. So, you know, they, they're working hard. They're in their careers. Be proactive, yeah, and that's part of it. Set up yeah. a proper retirement plan. Make sure your wills and all your legal documents are up to date. Make sure you're counting. Make sure everyone around you knows your wishes. And that is all in the program that I mentioned to you earlier, um, where it's a structured PowerPoint going through all these items. Yeah. Can I ask you on the time issue, you know, you and I all, always agree on this, like time is our most important resource, you know, and a lot of it is fleeting at times and younger dentists now, and, and it's really no different. It's always been this is that there's all this competition for their time, you know, working extra hours, long hours. It's amazing how many young dentists I ask, are you exercising? No, I'm not exercising. I'm like, you're 30. You have to exercise. And so give us some perspective. If you only knew then what you know now, what would you say? Like, how did you look at time and exercise? What were your days like? What did you do? Or what would you recommend people do? Well, my wife is a trainer. So exercise is part of the family. 
And I have always exercised, whether it was jogging around the neighborhood, then uh, about starting five, about eight years prior to the arrest, uh, friends invited me to join their, their biking group. I'm not a great athlete. I, you know, I don't have to get out there every day and run or do whatever, but exercising is a priority. We watched our weight, we watched our diet. As I mentioned, I knew we had a cardiac history, so diet was important, as I know it is with you and your family. Um, I, had, I was carrying a few extra pounds that in hindsight I didn't need to be carrying. But the important thing is when they diagnosed me with high blood pressure and with what's known as heart failure five, six years ago, at that stage, treatment should have gone beyond tablets. Right. And had I known about the Mayo Executive, I did not know about it. At that stage, most of us are very deliberate in our day-to-day activities. I would have gone for that Mayo Executive Physical or the Cleveland or the Cooper or whichever one you want. I, but I, I chose Mayo and I chose the main branch of Mayo because at that stage I still think they're ranked as the number one medical entity in the world. Yeah. And that's, that's why I went there and it's readily available. And it, it did not cost me a fortune, you know. It did not it cost me fundamentally nothing when all is said and done, uh, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of balance it out, exercise, exercise with your kids, you know, spend time with them. Exercise doesn't mean you've got to break a vigorous sweat every time. Exercise means movement. Yeah. You know, sign up with a gym. Give your staff uh, as a benefit gym privileges. Look after your staff. I looked after my staff. It was part of the condition of the sale of the practice, I'm told, that they will be looked after at that same level that I had done for the past 30 years. And they're still with the with my successor in that. So, you know, look after yeah. our patients to look after their mouth. What about the body that's attached to that mouth? Yeah. Look after it and look after your own. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. a little yeah. sidebar issue. How many dentists see the dentist, see their dentist twice a year and <clears throat> floss every day and all of that stuff? What are you that's saying, topic. Colin? What are you, what are you implying? <laughs> that's a topic for another time. It is look in the mirror and, yeah. you know, am I doing what I'm saying or saying what I'm doing? Yeah. It's so yeah. great that you said uh, the guy that owns all this real estate that we're on and a great mentor of mine. He's such a great guy. He, uh, he actually paid for all the gym memberships, but he required documentation and he said, I'll pay for it. Their premiums went down. He got a check back. He gave them back the difference. And so, wow. and, and in return, he would tell you, Kirk, like it was the right thing to do. And number two, our productivity skyrocketed. When I set up a system of accountability and people went to the gym and I paid for it, we got so productive and it was wild and they appreciated that. So he told me that. Uh, I'm like, that is so darn cool. Hey, I have a question for you. Let's say we were to go back in a time machine right now. What would you do differently? Is there anything you would have done differently when you look back at your career? Uh, Kirk, that's, that's a great question. The answer is I would have gone to Mayo for an executive physical. 
once they made a diagnosis many years ago and I had a heart issue and I was hospitalized, I would have gone to Mayo. I would have taken, I would have put more uh, credence to we don't know why you're having a problem as an unacceptable answer. Mm. And I would have delved deeper. So uh, on a personal note, that is what I would have done differently. Um, I I think we spent a great deal of time with our kids. We, as I said, we were on the school boards. We were at all the sports games. I coached soccer when they were very little. So that I don't have any regrets for. We were privileged to go to a great residency. We were privileged to move to Atlanta and build rapidly a very nice practice. Um, I've loved teaching and working with residents all my all my life. So there's not much I would have done differently given my time all over. Um, you know, we, we, are, we are very content. I think I would have just focused a little more on the medical side and been why, why, why? Yeah. Um, as we're doing. But other than that, no, life has been wonderful. That's I'm grateful awesome. to, to whatever one believes in, whatever higher power. I'm very grateful to whatever uh, one's faith and uh, blessings are. And I'm grateful to the privilege that we had access to this medical care. It's been phenomenal. One comment, people, uh, names will uh, be nameless. When I mentioned to my existing cardiologist who I have and had a great relationship with in Atlanta that I want to go to the Mayo Clinic and they're going to do this and that and the other and this, that and the other. And he commented, well, you know, we can do all that here. And I, I thought to myself, I didn't say anything. Then why didn't you? Yeah. You know, uh, so I think you've got to be uh, proactive and quizzing and why does this happen and just get, and when you talk about the panky cross balance of life, that's not a religious cross. Right. That is just the four pillars of balancing your life out and taking things seriously. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think those are the critical issues that there are. If only I knew then what I know now, um, that fundamentally, that program deals with, these are the checkpoints. And I think there's about 100, 150 of them across the board of what our life entails. Our lives are complex. Our lives are full. And as I said, you know, we wear numerous hats without realizing we're under intense stress without realizing it. And that stress becomes normalized. You know, everything, all the little sidebar crises that dentists have to get through their day and through to get through their week and the individual crises of each staff person. And then the plumbing goes out, then the compressor packs up, uh, then the crown didn't arrive on time. Every time that happens, it pulls on that heart muscle a little bit. Yeah. Pulls on the, and that becomes normal. And one has got to put that in perspective. One has got to put that in perspective. You know, the five patients who, you know, the 5% of patients who don't pursue treatment, just think of the 95% that do pursue treatment and uh, the 80% of those that become part of your extended family. 
You can't make everyone happy. Yeah. Yet we, you, most of us who are in the service businesses strive for 100% success. There's a balance. There's a serious balance there. Yeah, totally agree, brother. I appreciate this. And we're going to have you back, uh, not only to present all those checkpoints at some point, and then uh, a couple other things I want to cover with you is surgically facilitated orthodontics. Uh, that's an awesome, awesome topic, and you're just brilliant in that. So, Colin, I want people to be able to find you, reach out to you. How do I find you? If I'm listening to this podcast, I want to learn more about what you do and what you've done, or if I just want to reach out and ask you a question, how do I get a hold of you? Okay, my email is richmancs at gmail.com, R-I-C-H-M-A-N-C-S at gmail.com. My cell phone, and can call me anytime, 404-784-7272. And Kirk, the one issue, one comment I would like to make for this young person who's starting out, learn about comprehensive interdisciplinary diagnostics, data gathering, and intercollaborative treatment planning. That's what I've taught all my life in our Seattle Study Club to our residents, to a study, an online study club that we have. And I, I hope we'll be able to set up something of that nature through your fabulous, valuable organization one day. For sure, my friend. I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And, um, and people can go to the website and see some of that, which is www.integrateddentalseminars.net. Awesome. And some of that information and the contact information is there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if you're not taking notes, we're taking notes for you, as always. So if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you're consuming the podcast, you can flip up to the notes. You're going to see all of Colin's information, his email address, his website, and his cell phone number. Look at that. He's giving you a cell phone number. Uh, I encourage you to reach out to him. He's just a great human being, a wonderful helper, and an incredible mentor. So thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you being on today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else. But um, thank you guys for listening to the Best Practice Show podcast. If you enjoyed today, which I hope you did, do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends and keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. You're going to see I'm going to line them up because I want you guys to have a better practice and a better life. So until you hear from us next time or we see you next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys have a great day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.